Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to, to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, Pacific time. Adjust it to your time zone. For Mountain Time, it's 7.40. Texas Time is 8.40. Michigan and East Coast Time is 9.40. For those people on the East Coast, I am sending you warm and well wishes while the weather is um, not doing well over there. If you have missed these calls, you can pick them up on SoundCloud. That's spelled S-O-U-N-D. C-L-O-U-D, put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90. And these calls will pop up. They're now archived back nine plus years. Last several months we've been including the topic of the call as well as who the speaker is and the date. And a wealth of really good information um, that's been archived over the years. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. And I come to you with an education background in that I'm a, te- a teacher by trade and just I've had a huge interest in health, nutrition, and um, exercise going back to when I was in high school and I had grandparents that were not of good health. And so... I know I knew I didn't want to travel down those paths, and since then I've just done a lot of things over the years to kind of mitigate what I was doing to my body so that I wouldn't have some of the problems that they had. So that TR90 program when you're first starting out is that really good clean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day. Snacks actually... um, will get you used to having those meals every two to three-ish hours so that um, you're never hungry. And there is so much food on this program that it's almost unreal. Making sure to drink plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for example, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. And if you're not to where you need to be for drinking your water, start with wherever you're at and slowly build up to it. It it is, um, like anything else, it's something you can just slowly build up to. Moderate to heavy exercise, 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week. That's also another key component to this program. That's because you're building in new habits into your lifestyle. That's why it is, I call it a lifestyle change because this, and this isn't something you do once and then it's over and done with. Um, if you're not exercising extremely heavily or if you are in a very humid area, you probably need to increase that water um, to stay hydrated because you'll be losing so much through perspiration. Seven to nine hours of rest daily That's another good key component to this. Um, Food actually helps your body reset several of its systems overnight while you're sleeping, but it also um, helps you keep a clear head and make good choices. There's a myriad of reasons why getting adequate sleep is really important. If you're not where you're at for the sleep, 
Okay. Say, for instance, you're only getting six and a half hours of sleep fairly consistently. Start going to bed 15 minutes earlier until your body has adjusted and then do another 15 minutes until you're up to where you need to be for getting adequate rest. It really is important and really will help with the program and help you making good choices and good exercise choices as well. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. That gives you micronutrients, it gives you macronutrients, and it gives you lots of fiber, which is another key part of this program. Fiber actually keeps things moving through your system, and um, between the water and the fiber, it clears out some of the things in your system that um, your body needs to dispose of, and so that's another reason why you need to make sure you're getting plenty of good fruits and vegetables. And the closer to the source they are, the better off for you. And I think I have talked about every single facet of that. Oh, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. Um, That's also really key. If you're a really large person, you may need to increase the number of grams of protein per meal or add a fourth meal that has 30 grams of protein that uh, to really be successful. Uh, not that you wouldn't be at just 30 grams, but it will help it work a little bit better. With that being said, uh, I am always looking for information to share with you out of um, various different resources that will help support that TR90 lifestyle. And today's information is coming out of a book that is called Fat Chance. Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig, and Lustig is spelled L-U-S-T-I-G, M-D-M-S-L. And we've been going into some of the reasons why things are the way they are with our food industry and how we can mitigate some of that. So obesity is not a behavior. It is not even a disease as that would assume a common pathophysiology. Indeed, obesity is a phenotype or a composite trait of many different pathologies. Remember that there are three different organ systems that could be dysfunctional. The brain, the fat, or the hormones that affect the brain or the fat. Obesity was and is and will be forever, but it will need not exist at this frequency. The problems of hunger or hypothalamic dysfunction reward the nucleus octobones dysfunction or stress or the amygdala dysfunction can overwhelm just about anyone. And if you create extra fat cells along the way, for for example, steroid use for cancer therapy or extra insulin before birth due to the mother's prenatal diet or her gestational diabetes, those cells aren't going to give up their energy without a fight. Alterations in the food and hormonal environments will work for 50 to 60% of the population, but there will still be people who can't overcome those biochemical forces. But in the 
To the best of our ability, we need to determine the individual basis for the obesity to best treat its underlying causes. Otherwise, we are fighting the wrong problem. The key to successful therapy in these patients is accurate diagnosis. Unfortunately, our diagnostic armamentarium is not yet fully developed, so matching treatment to diagnosis remains uncertain. There is not and never will be a magic bullet for obesity or metabolic syndrome, especially if you consume four sodas a day. This was written with the working assumption that a formal 6 to 12 months period of food and hormonal environmental alteration, including the psychodynamic cognitive and or family therapy where necessary, has been attempted and has not been effective. What then? It's time to move to the bigger guns. Earlier, we reviewed the methods for ascertaining your level of visceral fat and every other method to assess your metabolic risk is relatively expensive and requires blood drawing, specialized equipment, and or professional data analysis. These tests and their analysis should be left to your physician, but you should know what they mean as they are important for gauging your health. The lipid conundrums. Virtually anyone in America now gets a fasting lipid profile, a.k.a. a cholesterol test, to assess their risk for heart disease. But there's more, a lot more to the lipid profile than meets the eye. And this field is continually evolving. In the 1970s, scientists determined that the LDL, or the low-density lipoproteins were the bad type of cholesterol, whereas the HDL, or high-density lipoproteins, were the beneficial. In the early 2000s, we learned that the triglyceride, or TG level, also correlated with heart disease risk, especially in light of the obesity pandemic. The TG to the HDL ratio is a surrogate marker of oxidized LDL or the LDL that lines the arteries, insulin resistance, and metabolic syndrome. When you get a fasting lipid profile, your doctor needs to look at all of the lipid fractions as they cannot be viewed in isolation. Alanine amnotransferase, or ALT. Diagnosing metabolic syndrome is all about assessing the fat in the liver. While not specific for liver fat accumulation, the liver enzyme ALT is easy to assess and is a good predictor of future diabetes. Most doctors get nervous with an ATL above 40, but recent data argues that even an ATL of 25 predicts liver fat. Fasting with insulin, glucose, and hemoglobin A1C. Every doctor gets a fasting glucose on his adult patients looking for type 2 diabetes. This parameter is the very last one to change. By the time it has gone south, metabolic syndrome is in full force and there is no options for prevention anymore. The body will do everything 
we can to maintain the serum glucose in the normal range, including increasing insulin. And that's bad, is insulin resistance. So the way to interpret the fasting glucose is by getting a simultaneous fasting insulin level, which tells you how hard the pancreas is working. However, a fasting insulin will tell you only about insulin resistance. It won't tell you about the excessive pancreatic insulin secretion. In our clinic, and we're talking about Dr. Lustig here, we assume insulin resistance when we see a patient for the first time because it is so common. If the patient responds to an environmental intervention, there is no further need for testing. If he or she doesn't, we use an oral glucose tolerance test to see if he or she is releasing too much insulin and then determine the best course of therapy to lower insulin release. Doctors have started to screen patients with the hemoglobin A1C blood test that assesses glucose control over the preceding months and is used to monitor diabetic patients. By everyone's estimation, under 5.5% is normal and over 6.5% is diabetes, while 60 to 6.5% requires a glucose tolerance test to determine if diabetes is present. Inflammation. <laughs> Inflammation markers. Metabolic syndrome is also about inflammation and cell damage. All these tests, such as the high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, are very expensive. None is paid for by standard commercial insurance, and none has been shown to predict with precision the timing of a heart attack or stroke. Thus, while they show promise, all tests remain subjects of research and have not yet been adopted clinically. Seeing is believing imaging studies. When it comes to obesity, a picture truly is worth a thousand words. Is there any way to tell what your belly and your liver are up to? Yes, but they are all expensive, research-based, and are not likely to be readily available soon. Liver ultrasounds have a high specificity for detecting fatty liver, meaning when it's there, you can see it. But the sensitivity is relatively low, meaning that you can think it's there, but it's not. Another test is called dual emission X-ray absorbometry, or DEXA. While fat tissue can very easily and nicely be quantified, it's impossible to tell what type it is, subcutaneous, visceral, or liver fat. So such a measure is of limited use. Two more methods are CT and MRI of the abdomen, which can differentiate the different storage storehouses of fat. Both MRI and CT cost more than $1,000 a pop and are not covered by insurance, which puts them out of the reach of most patients. Once you know whether you're fat or sick or both, and once your doctor rules out specific genetic or biochemical abnormalities, you and your doctor can make the conscious decision as to 
the most appropriate mode of therapy and how best to monitor your progress. And I think I'm going to stop there because the next section actually starts a whole other topic. With that, this is Susan Mann for January 31st, 2022. Can't believe it's the last day of the month. Signing out. If you want to um, build your new skin business, scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live at the top of the hour, and one of our illustrious leaders will be sharing some information on how to build that new skin business. In the meantime, I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. So there we have it, a, a myriad of different tests that can be done because some of them are very, very, very expensive. Thank you, Susan. That was really interesting. I know. It's, it's, I know it's a lot of scientific jargon, but... It's the science behind some of what's going on with the TR90 program. So that's it's really great to see that they really looked at all of those things. Well, if there's no other thoughts or comments or ideas about future calls, you know, let everybody go so that we can get on with our day. I hope you get a chance to get some good, healthy exercise in and good, nutritious food, and we will see you back here tomorrow.